Hey, how are we guys? This is um, this is a new talk show that, uh, that I'm kicking off. It's called Talk Em Up at T-O-R-Q-U-E, as in horsepower talk. <laughs> Diesel and, talk. And uh, we're talking all things full driving, camping off-road, anything outdoors here in our good old country, Australia. And uh, look, I'm gonna be honest, we're gonna have a few drinks, we're gonna have some conversations, we're gonna, and we're gonna talk, and whatever comes out, comes out. Could gonna be controversial. Uh, well, I hope it's gonna be controversial anyway. <laughs> Here's my first guest. You're gonna know who he is. Feral Dave Chalinor. <laughs> a good mate of mine, has been for many years. We've been on full drive action DVDs together. He's been on low range, and we've filmed our own little um, fat and healthy episode in the past if you haven't seen it get on a track yakka but um this is a track yakka production and uh, we're gonna have some fun with it so i'm gonna have guests from all parts of the industry uh, manufacturers um caravans campers cars turbos horsepower you know we'll do it if you want something special be sure to send an email let us know anyway feral dave welcome to the panel my friend how are you mate Mate, I'm good. Actually, Muzz, our, our cameraman over there, good bloke, he's been setting up these cameras, I reckon, for about three hours. Yeah. The bottle, the bottle of Jemison's just about gone. About that one. We've got a plate <laughs> of uh, chicken tenders and, and a couple of plow bowls of um, cabana. Yeah. And um, I'm guessing I'm feeling uh, pretty ripe about now, so the conversation, conversation. the conversation is the slur. <laughs> it's gonna happen, anyway. Let's be serious about this. And um, <laughs> thanks for having me, mate. It's um, it's been a while since we caught up, isn't mate. It? it has been a while. And uh, look, I, I get that. Um, you know, you're a bit of a Facebook and social media legend. Yeah. For causing a stir. <laughs> and that laugh. <laughs> Everybody knows this laugh. I just like to share a few news articles here and there, and do, get mate. get get people thinking about outside of what they normally sort of think about. So. Yeah. Yeah. But mate, I've got a bit of a structure for today. There's a few things I want to talk about, and I've got a list here because I can't remember everything. But um, memory's fading a bit as we get older. Mate, it is. Look, first topic, <laughs> and I've, you know, I've really thought hard about this, and this is bang right down your alley. So uh, the first one being today, uh, yeah, topic one, changing the face four drives. Oh, yes, mate. The four drives are changing. We've gone from solid beam. Um, Axles, leaf springs to coils to IFS. Yep. Uh, people are setting up their four drives for probably more road stuff than off-road, or are they? Mate, I think they are. It's, um, when you look at the, what do you call it, the time period over four-wheel drives, like everything used to be live axles back in, you know, what, the 60s with the old uh, G60 Nissans and the uh, FJ series Toyotas. Um, now Jeeps, you still get some around, but not too many. But um, even the new 200 series are still run on a solid rear axle, but you know IFS uh, front ends and the uh, new. It wasn't that a big stir when it first came out. Yeah, like the 100 series Land Cruiser with the IFS. Yeah, you know you all your diehards with your beams, and you know you're not yep. going to get the flex and all that sort of yep. stuff out of it. What, what a load of crop that turned out to I, be. I, right. re I remember when the uh, GQs first came out with their uh, coil suspensions, and they got oh, it's sort of real four wheel drive because it hasn't got leaf and blah blah blah. Now look at it; they're one of the, the most um, cheapest and easily converted off road rock crawlers now that you can get. Um, but yeah, where it's all going now, mate. Like you know, I've got a new Y62 now, and <laughs> off road. Shut up. <laughs> 
The old Datsun, mate. Good old Datsun patrol. Yeah, I think Datsuns have been around since 1986, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, all jokes aside, mate, that, that thing, I've come out of the GQ with the full live axles in it and uh, with the full independent suspension on it, over corrugation, I don't think I've ever been in a car more comfortable than that. It's um, my old GU, as you know, it was a bit of a weapon, but I would actually say this thing is uh, more capable off-road uh, than, than what the GU was. And out of the factory, the Y62's actually got 60 more, more ground, ground clearance out of it because it actually doesn't have the pumpkins because it's all you know, tucked up. Yeah. So, but as far as uh, live axles and that, I think most people sort of wanted that flex thing because they didn't have lockers of that. I think that was actually why they... Interesting you say that. Look, I've uh, I've still got 380 series Land Cruisers myself. Yep. I've got a 200 series, BT50, Ford Ranger. Yep. Um, I've driven them all. And these new IFS vehicles are coming out um, generally with a rear diff lock. Yeah. Yeah, the Y6. And the rear one. suspension just travels so much, even though the front might be uh, not travel as much, but yeah. I suppose the body angles are, are not going, they're not getting stupid angles. No. The rear diffs are working well and the click that button. Yep. You know, I remember taking my first 200 series to Cape York. 200 series hadn't been out that long. And I was given it the hurry curry and everyone was saying the electronics oh, thing that. was going to bang out. <laughs> uh, mate, look, the 200 series is still probably my favourite all round four wheel drive. Yep. Independent front end. Yep. And travel unreal on the road because let's, let's face it, 90% of what we do is getting to and coming home from our forward driving destination. Yeah, yeah. I mate. want to be comfortable, I don't want to be go on these big ones. No. People pull out their, their front sway bars and look, maybe we're just old. Could be a bit of that. But I guarantee <laughs> that I can nearly, I'd probably go as far in my 200 series as, as most guys with their 80 series and their GQ patrols without their sway bars and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, if you uh, want to go and do Cape York, what's uh, what's that? Three thousand k's, two about eighteen hundred k's, two cans. Would you rather do it in an old leaf sprung overheating Toyota, or would you rather sit back in your old aircon? Yeah, I got, a, I got an old mate of mine who does it in a dirty old crap box like that with leaf springs and no air conditioning. And uh, look, uh, I don't think he's human. I don't think any, any human can do that problem, right? <laughs> Right, mate. Look, that's that's awesome. We haven't really got any controversy yet, but hey, let us know what you think. Um, that's just a short one on the IFS. Love them or hate them, I love them. I and, love them. And uh, and one of our topics we're going to talk about soon is like the future. But the next one is <laughs> petrol versus diesel. Petrol. Now we have been on social media giving each other a hard time about we've, this. We've had a few. And you get on social media and you've got thousands of people that you just. <laughs> You're like one of these blokes that's got a, like a hand grenade. <laughs> you just roll it in slowly and boom. You upset people that's going out of fashion. Uh, Petrol versus diesel. Why in hell? You, you bought the, that, what is it? That thing out there, that Y62. Yes. Okay. That thing that's a bit more refined than a 200 series. See? That's just it. Is it? I think so. Why? Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. But, you know, it's... um. I've always been one that hasn't been afraid to spend a dollar, but I also like value for money. And when I looked at that, and I took the 200 series for a drive, there literally was $30,000 price difference between the two. Now, I what have- about resale, mate? 
They're actually holding up okay. Are they? You get yeah. 20 bucks for it now. Yeah, 22.59. 22.59. <laughs> no, I'd probably still get, what's that now? Five years old, 115,000 on it. Um, I'd probably still get low 50s for that. Yeah. Yeah. And when it first came out, I think I paid 67, 68. So, okay. Yeah, it's not too shabby. You buy any sort of depreciating item, you know. But come on, this whole diesel versus petrol thing. You, petrol. You have, petrol, petrol, now, petrol, petrol, petrol. I think you're doing it just to cause a stir. Because <laughs> you bought one because Nissan weren't, weren't building diesel motors anymore. Now, if it had been on the lot, you had the choice between a, a diesel Y62 yep. and a petrol Y62 at the time. I guarantee you would have chosen the diesel. Mate, I don't think I would have. You know, um, the old GU that I had, let's face it, they were three litre. They were a bit underpowered for what they were. But at the time when I bought it, it was $20,000 difference between the two, uh, TD42 and the three litre. And 20 grand was all on accessories. But, you know. So what I'm hearing is if you're a tight ass, buy the petrol four drive. If you want value for money. If you look, want sustainable no, no, power. No, no, no. Look at all your options. Good talk. Shut up. Look at all your options. Be smart. <laughs> no, all, all jokes aside, uh, when it's I not had, a joke, mate. I oh, know. I'm serious. When I had me diesel, you know, they, they need turbos to help them along because they're a little bit weak, you know. <laughs> the 200 series need two turbos. They're a little bit weaker again. Um, no, all jokes aside, you've got DPS with them. I don't uh, know when he's serious or not. <sighs> No, I'm being serious. Okay. It's all the emissions, like the Euro, Euro 6, whenever they, uh, Euro uh, emissions and that started, it's all been about... Which you don't care about? Not now. No. Yeah. Over the years, it's about more power using less fuel. Let's face it, that's how the Euro emissions are going. That's in uh, road transport, uh, you know, marine, any sort of thing like that. And the old diesel motors, they would go for a million miles. But now the capacity is generally getting smaller. They're running more boost. Uh, common rail diesels, now they've got to run DPS and AdBlue, they've got all these bolt-on systems into them. Yeah, it's and, of the NOx, and that's that bad, the bad yeah, gas for the environment. And, and they do uh, require a lot more maintenance, obviously, because they've got a few more things to add on them. But, you know, it's um, at the moment, at this particular point in time, uh, petrols are not under the same regulations, but they it is coming where they're a bit tighter. But the old adage, there's no replacement for displacement. You know, that's sort of why I've got that dirty. I'm actually getting a bit sidetracked here. It's actually true though, they keep it going. Yeah, it's, um, there's no replacement for displacement. So, you know, I, in my opinion, my motor in mine, Y62 is a little bit simpler because it doesn't have the turbos, it doesn't have the DPS. Um, I'm sure it will come a time in the future where the new petrol motors will have them, but at the moment mine doesn't. Um, and it's just a dirty big V8 with no turbos, so it is actually a little bit simpler, but I do pay a little bit more at the pump for it. Um, you know, if you want to get a replacement diesel motor and then get a replacement petrol motor, the petrol one's always a bit cheaper, but they always used to say that a diesel motor used to uh, uh, have a lot longer mileage. And that was true with the older ones, but I don't believe it's as true with the little ones. And look, I probably agree ones. with you there because it's, uh, we're not talking about, you talked about it, it's the uh, displacement. Yeah. The cubic capacity is, um, look, look, I'm in the, the diesel, I'm in, actually in the petrol game now too with tuning. Yes. <laughs> look, because a lot of, obviously these yeah. Euro laws, there's lots of petrol vehicles coming out now that are turboed. Yeah. Smaller capacity engines. Yep. 
they're powered by turbo boost, yep. right? Not the cubic inches like um, like the old diesels used to be. Mm. The old Land Cruisers 4.2s um, yep. uh, and the likes of that because, you know, we're getting V6 turbo twin turbo diesels that are putting out better power and torque. Yep. However, that comes at an expense of low down torque. Mm. Like the V8 Cruiser now um, has still got cubic capacity. So it's still got, it's got torque um, via cubic capacity, which is bore, stroke, displacement like that. Like the earlier ones where you could wind it up to 800 RPM and you could pull a tree stump down. Mm. Your newer vehicles that are producing big horsepower, mm. you can't go, they're terrible, for me, they're terrible rock crawlers. Mm. I had that v V6 Disco twin turbo. That was a good one, that. 240 odd horsepower at all four wheels. Yep. It was an absolute bullet. But if I was in the beach um, in soft sand, she'd be racing through the gears at high high revs. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, yeah. it was an absolute pain in the butt. Yeah. Uh, towing a caravan, good. Like a three and a half ton caravan, because you were up in the revs, you had the speed. But if you were cr doing a rock crawling, or up a, a mountain and you're trying yep. to go slow, you would have to wait for the turbo to come on. And I remember that at uh, Rocky Hill. Rocky Hill down in Victoria. Low range, wasn't it? Yeah. And it took some getting used to. Now I went up to 33 inch tires. I think they came out with 30s or 31 inch tires down. So yeah, slightly bigger tire. Yeah. And that just knocked about that torque big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to wait for the turbo to kick in. Then it'd start to race off. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Took a bit yeah, of it's more than too. just petrol versus diesel. This is displacement versus turbo power versus displacement yeah, power. Yeah, you know, and, and cubic, cubic inches. And you've got a country like Australia, which has always been known for, oh, you got to have a diesel if you want to go out west, you know. I've never heard such, that might have been fine like 80 years ago. Yeah. But now, it's a, just a crock, it's an old wives tale. You know, anywhere Mate. you can get a uh, fuel station, you'll see diesel and petrol. And petrol, and it's becoming more and more. And look, the new 300 series, I believe, is coming out in a, a V6. Hybrid. Um, that's coming as well, but the yeah. V6 turbo. Twin turbo, petrol, V6, twin turbo, diesel. Okay. So, I'm gonna get one, I don't know which one yet, but uh, yep. we'll see, but uh, look. <sighs> I get upset when people say, you, you read it on these forums, on these lungs all the time, it's like, oh, my D40 or my NP300 has got way more horsepower than that V8 Cruiser. Yeah, at 4,000 RPM when you never drive. It's a measuring contest, isn't it? Right. <laughs> I'll put mine in fifth gear and take off from the satellites. How's yours going? Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's, let's not go there. Maybe we should do a test on that one day. Yeah, I'd be up for that. Yeah. Absolutely. But I still don't believe you, mate. I'm still a diesel man. Mate, um, it's, um, you know, there's two different... Shut up. I'm a diesel man. <laughs> oh, that's a bit odd. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to say about that, that subject before we move on? Diesel? Yeah, petrol versus diesel. Get a petrol. Get a petrol. <laughs> now, nah, all jokes aside, um, Australia is naturally a diesel culture. Um, all I'm basically saying is have a look at both and decide for yourself. It originally started yeah. from the distances we would travel, yeah. the terrain we travel, yep. but um, obviously that's 30, 40 year old technology. And everything's the new now, so. And the country's actually opening up now. You know, you used to have to get long range fuel tanks to go to Cape York. Yep. Now you can actually get fuel on the way up to Cape York, so you actually don't need a long range tank, technically. Which leads us into our next topic, electric vehicles. 
Me. They're topics for discussion. <laughs> topics for discussion. <laughs> He's trying to be professional. I've been need to get another Jamison's into him, I think. Yeah, another bottle. So anyway, yeah, I do got two more bottles. Jeez. Alright, we're back. Ferrell's had his wee stop. <laughs> with his woolly's bladder. And Mars the cameraman has topped up at his uh his Jamison's. That's the only reason he actually had to go for a break. <laughs> but there was one point before we move on to these electric vehicles. Water crossings. Now yep. My first four drive was an FJ62, uh, 63's Land Cruiser. Petrol, 3F, 4 litre. They were a distributor model, weren't they? Distributor model. Yeah. Now, it was fantastic if I went out west or went to Land Cruiser Mountain. You take it to the beach and or water crossings and that was just terrible. Yeah. But nowadays, these petrols, they're, they're like a fully sealed um, engine. Like even alternators these days are pretty much sealed. Electric motors are sealed. You've, uh, I bet they're as good underwater as the diesel. Yeah, I think with the old the old motors, they had points in that air, and so that was actually what used to, yeah. when they got wet, that would stop them sparking and running, and that obviously, but yeah, I think these days, they've uh, all got uh, sealed coil packs, you know, uh, one coil pack per cylinder and that now, and they're pretty much sealed. You know, I've seen mm. Y62s, you can have a look at YouTube, they're going through creeks uh, bonnet deep in water. You know, um, I'm sure the other, you know, uh, modern petrol motors and that can do the same as well. But yeah, that's just another another furphy, mate. Like, do you uh, reckon I could be converted diesel to petrol? Mate, it's not. Do you think I could be converted? I think everybody makes. Yeah, I do. I <laughs> <laughs> think we can actually convert you to EVs. EVs, yeah. uh, actually. Um, You're a talk man. Mel, I want to know more because you, actually, that's our next topic, is you um, talk? electric four-wheel drives. They're coming. Okay, you think they're going to take off in Australia though? With the uh, travelling to Birdsville, if you want to travel to Alice Springs, yep. anywhere in the outback. Yep. It's not just like driving up the eastern seaboard, right, where every couple of hundred k's you've got a petrol station. Yep. Out west, it you know, starts going from, you know, every 50 k's to 100 k's to 300 kilometres and 600 yeah, yeah. k's and I've, things like that. I've driven it, mate, I know, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you've done all this. Yep. A numbers man, a finance, a finance guy that has towed camper trails and caravans all around Australia, so he's actually, uh, he's qualified to talk about this. I've got half a clue. Yeah, half a clue. <laughs> Not bad for a numbers man. EVs. Yep. Give me your opinion. When are they going to happen? How good are they going to be? And how are they going to combat these long, these distances? Because, um, mate, I love technology. And... Yep. But I'm also in the uh, petrol and diesel tuning game. Yep. How long have I got? Oh, mate. I don't think... E EVs are here right now, okay? Um, everybody knows about Tesla and Elon Musk and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, Tesla's been going sort of 10 years. And 10 years ago, they were a, a bit of a novelty, you know, when the Ford Roadster... When the, not Ford Roadster, when the uh, Tesla Roadster first come mm -hmm. out. Um, Tesla's had, always had, like any sort of business, they've always had a plan. And then they bought out the Model X and then the Model S, I think it was in that order. Um, and then they bought out another one, which I can't remember, but the model... Get to uh, the point, mate. The, the model, um, yeah, hang on, this is getting to the journey. Uh, the Model 3 is their first mass-produced EV. And my next-door neighbour's got one, and I've driven it. It's an absolute weapon. You want to talk about torque, mate, that thing just leads anything behind in its wake. It's just crazy the amount of talkings on it. We actually did a trip uh, from Brisbane to Rockhampton and back again. So for people who are not familiar with Sorry. the kilometres there, 
What's that? Rocky 600Ks from Brizzy? About 630. Okay, so 1200Ks return. Yep. And it cost him about $16. That's pretty good. It's pretty good economy. Yeah, what's the range? That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the range. I want to talk about yep. how are we as four-wheel drivers, towing caravans, camper trailers, how, when, how, is it going to be a fit here in Australia? I think it will be. Right now in Australia, I think it would have even been as of about 12 months ago, you can actually drive from Melbourne to Cairns in an EV. It's what they actually call Australia's uh, electric highway. Um, you know, even where I live at Eaton's Hill, there's a uh, charging station there under the uh, uh, Woolworths. Yeah. Um, yeah, you go to uh, Childers, Miriam Vale, uh, Rockhampton, uh, Gladstone. All along the way. All along the way. Coffs Fast charges, 20 minutes. Uh, I think the fast charges, I think, stop at Gympie. They're about 150, 200 uh, kilowatts. Um, and then after that, they sort of drop down to about 50. So my next-door neighbours, this is the only uh, example. We'll give you a next-door neighbour a name. Jeremy. Jeremy. G'day, Jeremy. Thanks for joining the show. Jezza. <laughs> he likes to be cool. Um, yeah, no, we uh, first, first stopped at... Gimpy. Yep. And I think we would have been down to like 40% and it went to about 90% in about 15 minutes. That's pretty good. So, and that's on a big Tesla supercharger now. So when you're going at the the, uh, the big red bash, are you going to take your Tesla, your electric I vehicle? I don't, I don't have one yet. <laughs> no, if, if Jeremy was yes. to come to the big red bash, he would he bring his Tesla? It's a Model 3. I don't think it would survive out there because oh, it's just normally you. If you put some 33s on it and stuff like that, all right? We could do that. Let's wait for the, the cyber. Guards. Let's wait for the cyber truck to come out. The, the cyber truck. It's a. Most people will say it's a pig ugly thing. Um, so pretty much what I'm getting from Feral here is uh, no, they're not ready for the uh, for Australian conditions because they're just simply not. They're good <laughs> if you want to drive from Melbourne to Cairns on the electric highway, but other than that. Uh, there's no place here in Australia, which means my tuning business and tuners around Australia, my mates, we're all good for another 20 years, I reckon. That's what I reckon. I reckon 20 years at least. And I'll be well out of the game. You shut me down, mate. <laughs> but is that the truth? Mate, it is, yeah. Absolutely. You, you are actually looking at, and, and most people will disagree with this, but this is actually the birth of a new industry. Yeah. Electric, electric vehicles. 100%. You know, there, there are, over in Europe, I think Volvo and some of the other uh, major manufacturers have actually committed to stopping producing of internal combustion engines uh, by certain dates. Um, even Toyota's even uh, confirmed, I think by 2025 or 2030, that they will produce hybrids in every model hybrids but they won't go full electric i think for another 30 years I, Is that right? I, I read that somewhere don't hold me to it but i yeah i because the, the actually the the um, there's a bit of a debate head toyota dude came out and bloody slammed you know slammed it all saying the, that toyota australia is just not ready the, the, australia's always big. australia's always been a bit behind as well you know i reckon um, we're in front on certain things, but we're a little bit behind globally on certain topics. But anyway, yeah. having said that, I actually don't reckon that the uh, hybrids are going to be as long-term as what people think they are. And the main thing is battery technology. You have a look at the Nissan Leafs and uh, some of the other smaller ones, small uh, EVs that are produced by the major companies. They run somewhere between 100, sorry, between 150 and 200 watt hours per kilogram. Now we're talking about battery weights. Uh, sorry, the amount of actual 
uh, power in the weight of the battery. So if you've got a yeah, one kilogram of a lithium ion battery, it'll hold 102. Calculator, uh, yeah, feral. Yeah. Most of this is going to go over most people's heads, but the numbers seem like me who yeah. love them. Uh, long story short, 150 to 200 watt hours per kilogram. Tesla right now is at 250, so they're smoking the competition. Talk numbers, my next door neighbor, uh, Jez's Model 3. When he drives it sensibly, he'll probably get about 450 kilometers around town. As soon as you start taking it out on the highway, you actually use more power because you're traveling faster, more resistance. It works a little bit the opposite the way yeah. than actually what a, what a diesel. It doesn't work on a rolling mass, it works, yeah, electric. It works on work resistance, yes. Yeah. And this is why I think four-wheel driving, they will actually be okay because if you're on Fraser, you're not traveling big distances. Um, you know, you're, you're doing a lot of slower speed stuff and electric motors. Will solar ever work on? No. No, no. not enough? No. You're talking like a, a normal panel like this, you might be like at 200 watts. Uh, a Model 3 battery, I think somewhere like 50 kilowatts. Yeah. So it doesn't take much rocket science to go, geez, I need- What about my 2 kVA Honda generator? Yeah, that will How long with that? That, I take my, my mobile charger, if that, I put a roof rack on my four-drive my four Tesla. You, you, you can do that. Right. That defeats the purpose, so you can using do that petrol as a backup to charge your electric vehicle. You can do that as a backup. But, yeah, it can work. but the other thing too is Tesla bought a company called Maxwell Technologies uh, about two years ago. And long story short, they have a, uh, a method of producing batteries without half of the process that's currently needed and more storage capacity within the battery. So what I was talking about before with the 250 watt hours per kilogram, uh, the new Tesla battery is at 300 kilowatts, sorry, 300 watt hours per kilogram. But with this actual new one, it actually has a capacity to go to 500 to 600. So you're actually talking more than double uh, energy density per weight in the battery. Isn't amazing, this technology. Oh, it's crazy, mate. There's, I love technology. The stuff that's going on. I love on my diesel now. engines. Yeah, yeah. And I do love petrol engines. Yeah. They're, they're fast. But this, uh, I'm not a big fan of hybrids. No, nah, me neither. But you've got full electrics. I, you know, I think look, Porsche's got yep. Jag. Yep. They're, they're all doing it right. Mate, even. Uh, Gotta watch the Hyundai's and the, and the guys like that. Even Detroit. The mate diesel truck engines, they're actually working on a powertrain. But the other thing about EVs that most people don't recognise is they are a far simpler vehicle. One, you don't have a gearbox, one, you don't have prop shafts. Uh, I think the, what's a normal internal combustion engine, you've got like 1,500, 2,000 parts. I think it drops down to like 70. There you go. Um, there's Teslas in the States now running around with a million kilometres on them. Some of them are actually still running around with the same battery packs after 250,000 miles. You know, uh, right now. I reckon you can talk oh. forever about this. I'm uh, <laughs> pretty passionate about the the uh, electric stuff. And Mate. look, it's gone hit us at one stage, but I think, uh, look, there'll be road bearing vehicles and uh, that hug the coast in Australia for uh, at least uh, my, the know. next 20 years for me. The new I might get a Tesla just to do some burnouts in myself. <laughs> But I'm going to leave the off-roading to my diesel four-wheel drives. This will actually impress you. The new Cybertruck. The new Cybertruck that's coming out, the top of the range one, 850 kilometres. It's about the size of a F-truck. Yeah. And comes out standard with 35s on it, I think. Don't quote me on Dollars? that. Dollars? 
Uh, in in US dollars, the Model 3 came out at about 35,000 US. I think the bottom of the range Cybertruck's gonna be about 43. So it's actually gonna be pretty affordable. Yeah. For those who actually wanna get it, but 850 kilometers for the top of the range one, the triple motor one. It has the same capacity, it's the same size and the same tow rating as an F truck. I can see you signing up for one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I would too. Adjustable suspension from eight inches to sixteen <laughs> inches on the flight. We're getting off topic. How's that for a bit of clearance? It's good. All right, mate. Let's move on to our last one. <laughs> Final topic: social media. Oh, you had to bring it. Now, like I said, for uh, you people out there that uh, follow <laughs> Dave Chalinor on social media, you'll get what I'm talking about. He's the uh, the guy with the pin pulled out of the. Hand grenade and throws it in there. You mean about uh, sharing information? But um, like I said before, a lot of this come, a lot of Dave's opinions are factual because he's a numbers man. He's very analytical, but he's uh, you. You don't normally find these analytical nerds. Shut up! Now nah, you're all right. That have travelled Australia a few times <laughs> in camper trailers and caravans and an array of different vehicles. And um, so he's actually uh, very rare. <laughs> I'll take it as a compliment. I knew that's all right. I bet that hurt to say. But, but you know, he's qualified to make these comments. But social media. Yeah. Not just, let's not, let's not talk about cars in this one. Okay. Let's talk a little bit political. Oh, really? I'm surprised you haven't got your uh, Sir Donald Trump hat on. I meant to bring my Trump train 2020 hat, but I literally yeah. forgot about it as it was... Uh... COVID. Let's talk about, you know, your, yeah. your very... Um, you're out there with your opinions on state governments, yep. um, closures, the yep. whole COVID thing, yep. um, and the US election. Yeah. Go, Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> One point I will you, make. You've given me three topics or four topics. Which one do you want to start Before with? you start, I'm yes. going to have my say because I won't, okay. be able, I won't be able to stop him. <laughs> now... I sort of are the guy that sort of goes, yeah, whatever normally happens in politics, I look, I'll, I'll make my own luck and I've kind of I'll just work, I'll just work in with whatever's I've, going I've on. I've kind right? of sucked you into this a little bit, haven't I? But <laughs> one thing I will say, and look, this is only from my own observation. This is not from anything I've read. It's only just from what I've seen. A couple of years ago, let's talk five years ago, we had a lot of um, terrorist and extremist attacks around the world. We even had them here in Australia. It was rife through Bali. Europe. Mate, terrible stuff happening around the world. Yep. Our mate, love him or hate him? Our mate, I like the fact that you said our mate. Well, okay. <laughs> I don't believe in coincidences either. Nah. There is a, there's an outcome, something happened. Yep. You have a look at all the terrorists or the um, these bombings or you want to call extremists. Yeah. Um, Taliban's, all those sorts of guys. Look, everyone knows who they are, right? Been very quiet the last couple of years, hasn't it? You're gonna ask yourself why. And why it's there starting to be a little bit noise again. Now, Mr. T, is he, <laughs> Mr. T, T Rump, is he responsible for keeping the world a better place? Whether he's a bully, whether he is, um, uh, he's a bit talks there. crap or he's, he's not socially acceptable on how he talks in social media or in the news put all that aside and have a look at the results of his time in office 
That's all I will say. This is the what... world was a much safer place when he was in control. That's from what I've seen. This is what I think most people miss, uh, and you've got. I will call them the loony left because they're a bunch of lunatics and you actually do have the far right and they're a bunch of lunatics and that as well but all you hear in the media is blah 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 you don't really hear too much about the facts of stuff so exactly what you said have a look at the facts you know um trump's a bit out there let's face it and he says some pretty kooky things um i thought he might have actually done a, a bit better of a job than what he actually did do because he's actually got that business background and he's not a politician and the fact that he actually uh wrote in he, he didn't follow the script as being a poly no, oh he hasn't followed any script i don't think any day of his life but you know the, the fact is he actually has done a few good things he's done a few questionable things as well and and you know look how much of the do nothing democrats how many times do they try to get him out of power you know what they Second impeachment that they're going now over these rights. Oh, but he didn't say it nice. Oh. <laughs> He's not compliant, that's why. He's not compliant. Oh, yeah. but, he, but he didn't say it nice. Oh. Oh, sick of hearing that stuff. He, anyway. Anyway, that's another topic for another day. Closer to home. Yeah. I see on your social media posts, yeah. Facebook a lot, you talk about, um, you're certainly into the premiers. Oh, WA Premiers, the New South Wales, yeah. the Victorians. Yeah. Even just this morning, I've seen a couple of posts there. What is... Go for it, mate. Get get stuck into the pollies. Get stuck into the COVID bloody mate, people and, and a, give me your opinion. Australian politics right now is, even for the last 10 years, it has just been so ridiculously short-sighted and... Why? Absurd. Give me, give me they're, they're let's, just, talk about, let's talk about COVID. Mate, they're only just chasing boats, you know, all the bushfires and all that sort of stuff anyway. But even the uh, the, uh, the the whole COVID uh, uh, thing at that at the moment, Morrison's done the right thing by supporting small business and that and, you know, with job keeper and job seeker and all of this sort of stuff, and as you'd expect. Um, so you've actually got the federal government trying to assist people, but then you've got the likes of state premiers this is one thing that really pisses me off. Get into it, mate. Oh. What is it? Tell me what pees you off. The, the state premiers, and I can only speak for Queensland, they basically handed over emergency powers to the, to the state medical officer and they're in charge of border closes. What does a uh, chief medical officer know about business? Absolutely nothing. The state premier is supposed to govern the state which means they should be looking at all aspects of what's going on. COVID, the economic impact of it, the mental health impact of it. Um, Premier Palaget has basically repeatedly come out and said, oh, the chief medical officer's gone, oh, we should have our borders closed down because of this and that and that. It's like, okay, but for how long? What is this actually costing us? Um, you know, I've, I've had so many clients that have wound up their business because of this. There's, there's not enough, you know, and everybody's sort of running around going, oh, we need some more support off the, off the state, off, he, off the federal government. Is it possibly putting business ahead of health, though? It's putting... What you're saying, I'm not, I'm not judging. Yeah, it's, All I'm saying is what I'm, I'm all, hearing here. All, all, I'm, all I hear off the state premiers is... It's all about COVID and restrictions and reducing the numbers. 
there's no other consideration that's been taken into in right. account. You know, it's, you know, there's been one case in Sydney. Oh, let's, let's block off the entire state. What's the population of, um, of New South Wales? I don't know, say six million, eight million. Are you saying because Australia is sort of isolated anyway that we should deal with it as one? We should deal with it in a commercial sense. And maybe just suburbs or people. Yeah, areas like which, that. which now they are sort of starting to yeah. with their hotspot areas. But I think in, in Queensland, we just actually had one case which the whole state went in, sorry, the whole three, uh, what do you call it, uh, council areas went into lockdown yeah. for three days. And they knocked it on the head, didn't they? Or did they? They we don't know. Put it this way: Would it have been knocked on the head without that lockdown? Damn if you do, damn if you don't. It needs to be done better. They are. I will give them this: they are actually making steps uh, to come into a more sort of mainstream sort of area, but to shut off entire and states that, because of one case. Government taking no, 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 no. This, no. This is all state stuff, mate. Okay. You know, it's um. When you got, you know, Dan Andrews in Melbourne, like some of the stuff he's doing now, it's just ludicrous. Um, you know, I, they, they get in there and they, they say that they're doing it for the benefit of all and, you know, we're keeping Queenslanders safe and keeping Victorians safe and all of this sort of stuff. You know, good marketing, isn't it? And everyone feels safe because they're safe, but... What, I'm pretty safe up here. What is the toll on small business employees uh, you know, uh, people's mental health and the suicides and and that you know that that that's un that's unquantifiable. Sure, we're saving lives, and yeah, don't get me wrong, we need to be saving lives. Yeah. But it's more important than just saving COVID lives. It's about saving businesses. They're just about COVID. That's it. They're not about. Can't you just go to the, the machine and just roll up four bloody quantitative anything? Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, long story short, it could be done a lot better than what it is. Feral. <laughs> Thank you, mate. Pleasure. I think you're gonna have to stay the night. It's never boring when yeah. I come up, is we it? We might have another quarter or two. <laughs> and these conversations, I guarantee you, will continue into the evening. I'm gonna be, uh, look, I'm gonna either fall asleep or I'm gonna be very well educated. So. I, I guarantee by the end of the night, He's going to have his 200 up for a sale at a Y62 in that garage in the week. You're going to lose your bet, mate. <laughs> that 200's going to get stretched and I'm going to get a 300. <laughs> Good Thanks on you, very mate. much, Feral. Oh, nice, nice social distancing, mate. <laughs> mate, we're at my place. Cheers. Different postcode. And that concludes Cheers. our first episode of Talk Em Up. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Feral Dave or Dave Chalinor on Facebook. Follow him. He's, uh, if you want all this controversial stuff, he'll give you the ins and outs, because like me, I haven't got time to research it. If I want to know something, I ring him. Anyway, have fun guys, see you in the next episode. Thanks for having me.